I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Well, I, I say meet the guys, but we were just saying before the recording started that we have met. Uh, we met at our infamous, um, our infamous seven-hour uh, Edmonton show oh, that we did Edmonton? last year, and <laughs> uh, the show that the show that never kidding that never found a way to end. Uh, the longest live show we ever did. So, Claire, first of all, thank you for joining us today. I think we, we've got a really interesting story here, guys. I, I was going to say we shouldn't have carried that show to term. We probably should have aborted it. Oh, spoiler alert. Uh, we are going to be talking about Chimps Proportion. Okay. Um, what is that joke from? <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, but before we get into the whole Chimps Proportion thing, um, let's, let's meet Claire. Uh, first of all, Claire, please give yourself a little introduction to us and to our listeners and give us a little bit of insight into who you are. Nice. Okay. I always struggle with these so much. Uh, my name is Claire. I am 26. Uh, I am, I've been a career tree planter for the last six years, which has been a huge part of my identity. So I spend like half of my year working really remotely in bush camps and yeah, that, that kind of thing. Um, I'm currently kind of doing a little 180 and going into a career as a hairdresser. So that's, really exciting. Um, and I'm here because probably about eight or nine months ago now, crazy. I had, uh, I found out that I was pregnant with twins right before going into a bush season and, uh, for the very first time. And I, I had to get an abortion. Wow. Whoa. Whoa twins. Crazy. Yeah. Double, <laughs> double the, um, double abortion. Double the murder. Yeah, <laughs> oh, double, double trouble. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, okay, before we get into the abortion stuff, I think it would be really interesting to talk about, because, like, I, I've known a few tree planters over the years, and um, and I know it's, like, it's not easy work, um, and I know, but I know that, like, the people that do it are get really passionate about it, and they're, like, you know, they stick with it. Um, but I've never... And, and, you know, after you sent us some information about stuff that you wanted to kind of talk about, one of the things that you kind of listed uh, was, was just like feminine health in the bush. And I thought that to be really interesting. I've never, it's not something I ever really thought about. Um, but after reading what you kind of supplied, I was like, oh yeah, fuck, that must be, that must actually be quite 
a lot to deal with. So for people who are a little bit of spice, (laughs) yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, For people who don't know, maybe give us like some context. What is what is tree planting? You know, like like what like how how like all encompassing is that job? What does that look like? And from a female's perspective, how did that how did that sort of have an effect on the way that you were able to and or not able to care for yourself? Yeah. So uh, big question. Just you kind of jogged my memory there. I think we actually have a mutual friend who's a tree planter and I got to give her a shout out. It's Sarah Peacock. Oh, yeah. She, Sarah uh, Peacock. Yes. Yeah. You, you you know Sarah Peacock as well. The name is yeah. piquing my interest. Uh, Moksha. Talking my interest. Mo- like practiced at Moksha like all the time. Super sweet. Shout out. Shout, shout out, out Sarah. Shout out Peacock. Yeah. Hey, Sarah. Well, now I need like a, now I feel like I I'll need I'll show you a photo a, after and you'll photo. be like, oh yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, super cool. Um, but yeah, tree planting. So in terms of the all-encompassing nature of it on a scale from one to 10, I'd say it's probably like a 12. Um, your connection with the outside world is minimal, um, especially during the COVID years. We were completely separated from society, um, couldn't go into town. Um, A lot of camps don't have internet or cell service. So it's kind of like while you're there, that's all you're doing. The people that you're working with or you're living with them and eating with them and showering with them and sleeping with them and partying with them. And it's, it's uh, you're, you're really just in it. Um, And being a woman in the bush can be, I mean, as, as a woman, your hormones and your menstrual cycle, I feel like, it's, it's kind of just always a bit of an undertone in life, like something that we're always dealing with. And then you go into the bush in a situation where we don't have, you know, like regular access to running water while we're working. Like we, we don't have bathrooms or outhouses when we're on the block. It's just like, Hey, here's this giant expanse of, uh, cut block wasteland. Um, and I know a lot of women who, who do like use tampons or use like period panties or use like a menstrual cup. Personally, I use that one. And um, with how dirty you are constantly, it just kind of adds a level of you need to really think uh, and kind of like premeditate, you know, like the first couple days of my cycle are a little bit heavier. And so I know that I'm going to have to change my diva cup while I'm on the block and planting trees and have all of this dirt under my fingernails and there's no, uh, there's no running water. So, uh, just always making sure that you kind of are prepared in that sense. Um, I like to always have a pair of nitrile gloves in my little back bag on me so that I can have like pretend clean hands, uh, to do that kind of stuff. Um, uh, yeah, I was, like I was thinking, analogy. I was thinking, like, what the fuck would you do? But uh, but gloves that basically solves it right there. I was. It seems like uh, it's like it's really something, which I feel like this is, this is present in quite a few arenas in the world where, for guys, it's like a situation that's like ah, that's suboptimal. But for a woman, it's like not only is this suboptimal, this is not just this, suboptimal. Yeah, yeah. This is not. This, this is. is this takes not okay. This is not a. This is yeah. This is really not okay. If I don't yeah. think about it and do what you're talking about, yeah. you know, planning ahead and being yeah. proactive. And what, yeah, what other totally. like what other tricks? What other tricks did you have up your sleeve? I mean, the glove, like the gloves one, that's great. Uh, yeah, but the, I'm sure the there's gloves others. work. The gloves work really well um, with uh, 
like I use tampons for a while and I know like lots of women do. I think we're kind of, most of my friends are moving away from that kind of thing just because they're, you know, they create a lot of waste. And when you're in the bush, um, you can't, or like you're really advised not to leave your, like, you don't want to litter. You're in the middle of nowhere. There's like bears everywhere. And um, we're advised to not uh, leave tampons on the block. Uh, so you're like carrying a little Ziploc baggie if you need to like, you know, change your tampon and then you like bring it back to camp with you and toss it out when you're in camp. Um, that kind of thing. Is there, is there like, um, like, like when you are hired, is there like a training manual where they're like, Hey, like for people who use these type of products, like here's or, how you handle this while you're in the bush. Or yeah. is it like, or, or is it like, I, I'm, I'm thinking of it like a movie where, you know, you, like, um, like the first time that you arrive in the, like it's your first year and you get on scene and there's, you know, there's the, there's all the rookies and there's the veterans and, you know, someone takes you under their wing and, Someone's like, "Hey, let me t- uh, hear all the tricks of the yeah. trade." Like, is it somebody- the Top Gun Flight Academy? <laughs> yeah. Does somebody yeah. does somebody tell you like tips and tricks when you arrive? And they're uh, like, here's here's how to do this here. Yeah, like sort of. I mean, it really depends. Tree planting is not a. Uh, there are so many different companies that you could get hired by. So many different crew bosses, and there's no real standard procedure in terms of hiring like I've been running my own crew for the last two years and personally I've been really intentional about um, I'll send out this huge gear list and like things that you should know before I hire you Um, like this is how much money you're going to have to spend on all your gear which is a thing that a lot of people are blindsided by Um, this is like if you are a menstruator in the bush like here's some information and here's what Mm. other people do to kind of curb those um, difficulties and and that kind of thing. But there are lots of people that don't do that. Um, and in those cases, it's a lot of just like, you kind of show up ready to, you know, do your best. And, and someone else is like, there are lots of experienced people around and just through sitting around the campfire, um, you'll get lots of tips and tricks mm. on lots of different things. And I'm sure menstruating is one of them. And mm. like, I know that this doesn't necessarily pertain just to people who are menstruate or not, but like, when, what if, what if, you know, if you're out there in, in the, in this, you know, in the wilderness, far from most, I'm guessing you're pretty like far from most civilization. You're, you're at like these pretty remote areas that are um, a bit of a trek to get into and, and, and most certainly a trek to get out of. So like mm-hmm. what happens in scenarios or situations where, you know, maybe not necessarily like, like a medical emergency because like when there's, when there's a, fucking full-on emergency there's ways right they're gonna they're gonna oh, we got fly in a fucking helicopter yeah. or whatever but like what if there's something what if there's something that's not quite an emergency but it's it's definitely something that like you, you got a weird thing growing yeah, yeah and you're like not <laughs> sh- it's not like urgent that you need to get it looked at but like sure, you probably it. should you sure. definitely want it yeah sure maybe something growing or maybe or you know maybe maybe it's like maybe there's like the other day like i had the other day i had like some some really out of the blue abdominal pain. Don't know where the fuck it came from. Don't know what it was all about. And very, you know, I'm very fortunate in that I could just go to the fucking hospital and ask, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, what do you do in situations like that where 
something might arise and you go, okay, I don't think I'm dying right now necessarily, but I, I also don't feel good. How do you, how do you guys manage that in that kind of, you know, rural or remote rather situation? Yeah. So, um, like a couple of different answers, I guess, during the COVID years, uh, when we actually could not go into towns and clinics and that kind of thing, um, the company that I have been working for implemented a bit of like an online, um, they had doctors that was through, I cannot remember what the program was, but there was a, a program launched for remote workers um, and if you were having an issue, you could just go speak to your camp first aid or your supervisor and say like, hey, I'm having a problem with this. And it even stood for things like, hey, like uh, I had an accident last night and I need some plan B. Um, you could get connected to a doctor over uh, Zoom and then they would be able to prescribe you medications or if it was something more serious and they were like, I think you need an x-ray or I think you need an ultrasound, then they could write you a requisition and you would then have like special permission to break your isolation and go into town. And, and we would sort that out with just the staff and camp, your um, transportation and that kind of thing. So some of that did trickle over into how we do things now. I know that we still do have some doctors on call for if you're in a really remote camp and can't get to a clinic uh, super quickly, then that's available still. Um, but normally we would go into town every day off or every two days off. So like once a, once a week or so, uh, and planters would have the opportunity to, if they needed to go see uh, a doctor, they could go into a clinic in town. Isn't it, cra- isn't it crazy that like uh, basically a hundred years ago, people just died. Like, yeah. You know, like if you were <laughs> yeah. at a remote camp, there wasn't telemedicine. Yeah. It was just like, well, I mean, a hundred years ago, sucks. even if you were in the city, you just died. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. Paper cut dead. A hundred years ago, <laughs> antibiotics didn't exist yet. That's crazy. Yeah. It's super crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so take us into, um, well, I guess, I guess, uh, I guess to kind of, to kind of, take us into that lane does the tree planting and the and the unexpected pregnancy like how do those over how do those overlay like were, were you were you tree planting when you were like oh no there's two babies in me um or like like how what happened there yeah so fortunately I was not yet in the bush um because honestly the the job that I've been doing for the last two years where I'm running a crew like I I don't even have enough time to say I was having some wicked stomach cramps out of the blue. Like I don't get a single day off for like three months at a time while I'm running a crew. Like I don't really have, just have to be really intentional about taking care of myself because I can't Ooh. really go to a clinic. Um, so thankfully I found out that I was pregnant. Um, it must've been like f- late February of this past year. So 2023, um, I wish I'd like written down the timeline because I'm not a hundred percent sure that that's accurate, but, uh, around that time. And I was living in a Northern community in, in Smithers, BC. Um, yeah, my, my partner and I, we've been together for like probably eight months by that point. (laughs) And, um, 
I, I haven't, uh, this is, I, I haven't been on consistent birth control for the last year. Cause I've been sort of, I, I dealt with an IUD before that and, uh, really, really messed up my hormones. And I'm just kind of looking for a something that will not, uh, like fuck with my body mm. to that extent. How fucking shitty is it that that's like that's all that's the, yeah. on you, girly? It's crazy. Good, good luck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's. I mean, yeah. I mean, not all of it. Obviously, like you know, condoms exist, but like, but really, it's it it is it's one of those things where a lot of that weight lands on you. Yeah, and, and your option yeah. is like, what's gonna fuck up my body the least? Yeah, it's not exactly. Like, it is, yeah, is yeah. is it like okay? I it's I have a question brutal. that that might sound dumb. Um but I'm willing. I'm willing to put myself out there because put I'm your, sure that there's a lot of other people. Put who your have neck the out same there. Stick it out. Christ, Brian. The, Brian's the, never. This woman's here. This woman's here to talk about abortion in front of you know thousands of strangers. Please, Brian. Please. So, so my my question is is so, like, growing up, I thought that birth control. Like, I heard a lot of good things about birth control. Mm-hmm. Anecdotally, like, you know, it helps make your period more regular it could help alleviate your skin makes your boobs really big yeah like it it you know it it can take away painful period cramps and stuff and so like i felt like growing up anecdotally i was like oh the pill is awesome for for women to be on it like it's really it it does a lot of great things for them and brian started parading around he just paraded (laughs) around just saying that anybody who said that they didn't want to take it brian was like no you have to take it so i started making posters brian (laughs) (laughs) the one thing he's not saying is that johnson and johnson were paying him millions of dollars to do this in high school i I made a lot of posters and stuff and i was really pro birth control (laughs) (laughs) so my my actual question is is that um you know, my my partner Maddie, she she is not on the pill, and also she found that it was the sort of opposite experience for her. And then I started to hear, you know, like like being more aware of her story and her experience. I feel like I started to notice more people saying the same thing. And then like my general sort of feeling is like, isn't it fucking crazy that you take a pill that fucks like changes your hormones in your body? Like it is that crazy then that that is my question like is that crazy it's wild and that's kind of the standard like it's it's really hard to find a type of birth control that is not hormonal that's just like localized to your uterus and then like when you do find those it's like okay your chances of developing cervical cancer are like way higher and it's just like do we have so i've yeah we've just been I've just been using condoms for the last like year mm. and a half and, you know, crossing fingers and yeah, it's uh, for the most part, it's worked. And, and yeah. part, of, a, part of the reason for, why, for the, mo- but for the most I, part, I, I just yeah. want to say part, part of the reason why <laughs> most I said, being the key word. There. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I want to say, Claire, like part of the reason why I asked that question is because when you were like, <laughs> when you were saying that you weren't on the pill for a while, um, it almost sounded like you had a little bit of shame in in saying that. Like, did you? I'm feel- here to talk about abortion. You know, like there's <laughs> there's uh, I wasn't doing I wasn't being smart about my own reproductive stuff. Like, I I don't want to have I, I I'm not in a position where I can have babies right now. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of societally uh, it's a bit unacceptable. And like when I was going through this whole process, the thing that all of the doctors kept asking me is like, okay 
what kind of birth control are you on? And I'm like, okay, I'm not currently on birth control. They're like, okay, well, let's talk about your options because like, it's almost like not being on birth control is not an option. But, but to me, that's fucked up that, that, and like, I appreciate, I appreciate why you feel that way. And I, I understand, I think I understand that. But my, my other thing is that I like, it's not your fault. Like it's, I mean, there's obviously it takes two people to get pregnant and, so the fact yeah, this that guy's just over here asking, enjoying his life, his hormones are fine. <laughs> it's full. But, but like even the, the the fact that like you know the doctors being like, and obviously I guess they have to ask you that question of like you know are not maybe not what birth control are you on, but like are you are you taking birth control? Yeah. But that's it, to me, it's fucked up that you feel like it's like the shame and that the responsibility is is solely on you. Maybe I'm putting those words in your mouth. Maybe you don't feel that way. I, I feel, I just, it feels like, uh, yeah, I, I should have been more careful. Um, to be honest, I, the fact that I made it to this point in my life, like I'm, I'm 26, the fact that I made it this far, uh, without ever having a pregnancy scare, I genuinely thought I was sterile. I, I thought there was mm. no way, like, same. Um, I also, <laughs> I've, had I've had that thought too. <laughs> Yep, yeah. well, I, I, I had that thought about uh, about like being completely um, uh, immune to COVID, and then right, and then I got COVID. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I just want—I I, also—I just want to echo what Brian's saying there. Like, I—I understand—I—I—I understand—I understand how you feel, um, and I get that you feel that way. And I—and it—it also strikes me as like kind of just this shitty burden that a lot of women have to carry because there's kind of this unrealistic expectation and, and condoms don't feel good. Yeah. Right. Like there's, yeah, it's like, it's a lopsided, it's a a lopsided, it's a lopsided (laughs) equation. And, um, I think the better thing for that doctor to have done as, as opposed, as opposed to like going, all right, let's talk, like, let's figure out your, your next op. Like, let's figure out your options together. Mm -hmm. I think the question is just, let me know if you would like to discuss the possible options to put it into your hands to go. Cause like, you know, not everyone again, I mean, we we've talked about it on the show before, but there's, you know, there's people who we've had on the show who have had major health issues arise due to birth because control. of birth control. Yeah. And right? when I had an IUD, it was a complete nightmare for 11 months. I was just cramping mm-hmm. like crazy. And all of the doctors that I went to see, they were like, Oh, it, it, this is just your body adjusting to it. Like it'll go away. And I'm like, yeah. it's been 11 months and I can't like not be doubled over for yeah, three, yeah. three weeks out of the month. Like this isn't okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Feeling like, shitty they, about, feel, feeling shitty about, um, feeling shitty about not having been on birth control when there are there is there are so many variables about how it can make you feel, how it can fuck with yeah. your body, how it can fuck with your your mental state, um, how it can do all sorts of things that every aspect you know, of your life. Yeah, and 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 then at the same time, it's like, and then if you're if you're not on birth control, like condoms don't always work, and they're not one hundred percent effective, and so like there's, you know, no matter what way you, no matter what way it shakes out, there are there are gaps in mm. the in the effectiveness of all of these things even when they're stacked on top of each other and so yeah i just i i it's i i hear you say what you say and i go fuck it sucks that 
you, we live in a world where you feel where you where you, it makes sense that you feel that way. We, yeah. I mean, we, but we, but we could see that we could see that change in the next few years. You know, like there ha, there has been some announcements of like a male birth control that like you know it, it could be the next thing where it's where mm-hmm. okay cool like let the pendulum swing the other way for once yeah and let it let it fall on the guy to take care of that yeah you know, totally to, to, or like to, at, at the very least just not to be like oh but i don't want to wear a condom you know like help me out here come on <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. condoms so, do suck so you they're, they're great yeah. but they suck <laughs> you you find out that you're you're pregnant um and I mean, like, take us through that. Take us through that experience. Like, you know, having having a having a pregnancy scare when you're not expecting to get pregnant and more, most certainly do not want to. Um, I can imagine that that is a sort of like heart in your throat type of uh, experience. Like, what was what would that what did that look like for you? And and how was how was your partner involved in that? And you know, like, what did that all look like? For sure, yeah. So I realized, like, I I felt it. Honestly, I felt it really, really early on. I think it was probably must have been two and a half weeks after like the, you know, uh, and I started feeling like I was about to get my period. Like I get uh, like my my boobs get kind of sore and I, I feel kind of like a little crampy and just like moody, you know, the, the classic. Um, and I felt that two and a half weeks after my last period. So I'm here like, okay, hang on a second. I'm about to start menstruating and it hasn't even been, you know, a full month since my last period. This is bullshit. Uh, and then it kind of persisted and I didn't start bleeding. And four days into, uh, those symptoms, I was like, okay, maybe something's up. I was talking to my partner and, um, just like, oh, you know what, like, wouldn't it be crazy if I was pregnant? Like may- maybe this is why I'm feeling so weird. Um, and then it was, I didn't wait very long. Uh, it was one day late. My, my period was one day late and I was like, okay, I'm taking a test. Oh wow! Uh, and they said on the test, like, please allow for 12 minutes for the results to come through. And I shit you not, it was in 15 seconds or less, just like these blaring two lines coming in. I was like, oh my God, I'm pregnant as fuck. And, uh, and you so really I, were. Oh my gosh. You really yeah. were pregnant as fuck. Like. Totally. Those, those two lines, they, they mean something. Yeah. Um, and I kind of went out of the bathroom and like shouted down to the hall to my partner. I was like, oh, it, it's a, it's a baby. <laughs> and uh, honestly, we, we didn't, we didn't think that it was that big of a deal. Like I, it's, it's obviously not uh, something to take lightly, but I feel like I never, the the way that I've always heard abortions be talked about um, by friends and the media and that kind of thing. It, it's almost like not that big of a deal, like almost like a bit of a delan- delayed plan B, like a plan C, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I, we, we knew that we weren't in a good place to have babies, that there was never much of a question about what the course of action was going to be. Mm. Um, and I, 
yeah, talked to a friend of mine who I knew had had a couple of abortions. She was telling me about her experience taking these abortion pills. And it honestly sounded like not that big of a deal. She was like, you definitely want to have your own bathroom for it. You want to be in a private space and like maybe have a, a heating pad or whatever for the cramps. But it's it's not that big of a deal. You just bleed for a little bit. It's a little bit uncomfortable. And I was like, okay, so it's it's not that bad. It's pretty easy. Um, the, the caveat, what makes this story really fun and interesting um, was I found out that I was pregnant like two weeks before we were leaving on a road trip in my camper van for like a whole round trip of BC visiting family and friends and that kind of thing. Oh, so we were going to be gone and in a van for, for three weeks. So you want to pop those pills real quick, you know, like yeah. get that, get that process started. Totally. Um, and is that what you did? Like, did you just go, all right, I'm going to go, I guess, to the pharmacy or whatever and get someone to, to like check the box that, yes, I need these pills and pop them. And then in two weeks I'll be good. Oh, if only it were that simple. So, um, because I don't have a family doctor, like so many other Canadians, um, I called telehealth. Uh, I got the number from a friend and I was like, Hey, I think I'm pregnant. Like I just need to get some abortion pills. And this doctor was like, okay, well, there's some steps that we need to follow starting with, I need to get you a requisition for an ultrasound. And then you need to go get an ultrasound and some blood work. And they will confirm that yes, you are pregnant. Um, so I went through with that. It took another like three days to get the requisition for the ultrasound. And then once the ultrasound was booked, took another like five days to actually get the ultrasound and, uh, got the ultrasound. And then to get the results for the ultrasound, it was on the day that we were leaving for this trip. Um, and the, does that timeline all make sense? I feel like I blew through it a little bit. No, no, I mean, it's great. Yeah. Okay. That makes, that makes sense. It was ba- basically like two weeks from yeah. the point that you first took the pregnancy test and then basically got the ultrasound and then we're supposed to also leave and we're going to get the results from the ultrasound. And, and is there yeah. like a, is there like, is there a, is there a point after which the 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 options for how an abortion can be uh I feel like performed is not the right word, but I guess it is the right word. Yeah, the there's word a there's a cutoff. Done or administered. Not the cutoff for when you can when you can have an abortion, but like the type um, of abortion. Like the type of abortion, right. Like for the, sure. Like, like yeah, like and I, I have no idea what that is. I'm a, I'm assuming that after a certain point there's surgical it's not a, it's and not a pill. It's not a pill. It's like yeah, they they got to do the old. They they put her in a they they put her in a paint shaker and they just (laughs) shake it out of her. Yeah, so I think it's like ten or twelve weeks the cutoff for the pill, um, Mm. which is obviously just less invasive than the uh, the other method. Um, But yeah, I at the time that I realized, I literally was like like four weeks pregnant. So I'm like, okay, I have a bunch of time. Um, by the time the doctors actually confirmed, like, yes, you are pregnant. Um, so we had just left that morning uh, from Smithers. And our plan was we're going directly 
west uh, and taking a 20 hour long ferry from Prince Rupert down to Vancouver Island, like the very north tip of it. Beautiful ferry. Highly recommend if you have an opportunity in your life. But there's very little cell service along that whole road. So I specifically had to plan a stop in Terrace where there was going to be a little bit of cell service and I can take this call from the doctors. Um, At this point, I knew that I was pregnant um, and I'm like feeling it, you know, like the the symptoms were insane. That specific day while I was waiting for the phone call in this parking lot in Smithers, my partner had gone to get... um, pita pit and i had this crazy craving for grocery store sushi uh so Mm. i was i was like nope i'm not gonna bother with pita pit like i'm gonna go get some grocery store sushi immediately after this call and he uh he comes into the van with his fresh pita pit and i love pita pit but he literally cracks the wrapper and like takes one bite and this waft of fresh pita hits me and i throw up out the window it was insane <laughs> and i love oh, eating it and then uh, yeah completely just was like okay i'm actually not hungry anymore so didn't uh didn't do the sushi thing but um when the did doctor that ruin, me, did that ruin pita pit for you going forward like oh, you God, hate pita no. pit now could okay, anything okay. ruin pita pit no i mean <laughs> yeah my so i mean my sister uh, her last pregnancy she was she loved sushi and then after since her last pregnancy which now is like five years out she it's revolting to her. She, she'll never touch. <laughs> Whoa. So I was like, That's Oh crazy. no, it was Peter Pitt ruined. Just you know, maybe if I carried it to term, it would have been yeah. ruined, but I, I stopped as soon as Peter Pitt became unappealing. It's like, it's not worth it. <laughs> yeah. You're like, give me those pills since right now. Since we're, since we're sharing stories, something really funny. So, so, Oh, Oh, well, Kyla actually posted it yesterday. So, uh, surprise world. Kyla's pregnant. Um, Kyla's my wife. Woo! And, and, uh, and, and the other day, we natural were, this we were, time too. Your sperm aren't so fucked up. That's right. No right? IVF. Congratulations. It just That's it. Total accident. I don't know how the fuck. Yeah, who fucking knows? I guess my yeah, my sperm aren't shaped weird anymore somehow. Yeah. Um. And uh. And so, so the other day we're at Saltmarsh Trail, and and we're leaving, and Kyla goes into the like, Kyla goes into the outhouse when we're about to leave, and it was like it's like a, it's one of those outhouses that are at like uh, national parks like they're really like it's really well made and it doesn't smell it's like it's just a fucking outhouse it's like big it's got a bunch of space Kyle walks in and I was like a hundred feet away from the outhouse when she walked into it and as soon as she walked in I just heard oh god <laughs> that's me going into any outhouse <laughs> I just I just started cackling because she's like because it doesn't even matter that it doesn't smell she's just like the i know thought. there's shit in here <laughs> and she started, uh, it was the idea just, of it she that just was started gagging up. now would she have done that if she wasn't pregnant no <laughs> i uh, guess i guess pregnancy uh, ruined other people's shit for her claire um, i need to i need to ask i need to ask before you get to the the like results of this phone call mm-hmm. um I, i'm curious because like obviously we've been making quite a few jokes uh, like i think everybody's been make, making quite a few jokes not um, brian and uh no i've i've been making jokes too but uh but i'm curious because i feel like like my feeling as a person who's involved in this conversation is that the jokes are like a way of us processing something that is otherwise r- pretty difficult to talk about and 
I'm curious for you, like in the two weeks leading up to this phone call, like what was going through your mind? And like, how did you, cause, because I don't think we've actually gotten to like how you actually felt about it. Like, I understand that there's the idea that, you know, it's something that you're, you just have to take care of. And like, I think that if Maddie and I were in the same situation now too, we would probably feel the same way. And so I'm curious for you, like what was actually going through your mind um, and how did you feel about it emotionally at the time? Yeah. So great question. Um, I feel like up until that point, I, I didn't honestly, I knew that it was not a thing that I could, you know, carry to fruition. And I feel like I was a little bit trying to distance myself from the emotional aspect of it. Um, at that point, I felt really strongly for probably like six or seven years that I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to have kids. So it didn't, uh, it didn't change anything for me. It was just kind of like, ugh, I feel, I feel bad that I've, I've let this, that, that this has happened, you know, that, um, mm. I, I, I could have and should have been more careful. Uh, and mm. now it's kind of this, just this added thing that I'm dealing with, but it, from, from all of the information that I was getting, no, nobody told me that it would be as big of a deal as it ended up being. Um, so I, to be honest, mm. I, I didn't think about it that much up until uh, when I got that phone call from that doctor, I'm sitting in this grocery store parking lot with my partner and, uh, he's, uh, telling me like, okay, yeah, it's confirmed. You are pregnant. You're about six weeks along. And, um, this is how we're going to proceed. So you're going to get a phone call from another doctor. They are going to give you a prescription for these pills that you can pick up from any pharmacy. So let us know where you are and what pharmacy you want to pick them up from, we can make that happen. And then you just want to find a private place to, to do that. And then he ends the phone call with, uh, oh, and, and by the way, I'm not trying to change your opinion or your, your course of action or convince you to not do anything, but you should know you are pregnant with twins. And that, Brian, is where I started mm. to get a little bit emotionally invested because I've feel like it's every little girl's dream as it was mine until I was probably 20. Like, oh my God, I want to have twins one day. You know, that would just mm -hmm. be. And now suddenly it's staring me in the face. Uh, I've got them. They're literally inside of me and uh, making me hate Peta Pit. And I can't, <laughs> I yeah. can't, uh, I'm just not in a place where I can do that. And and suddenly this the thought starts being like, okay, like you said before, Jeremy, it's like, okay, it was just one. And now I have to kill two fetuses. Like this is, mm -hmm. this is a lot. And, you know, like a, a little, a little girl's dream there was yeah. of, of having twins. And um, like, how often is this, am I going to get this opportunity? And those kind of thoughts start yeah. going through your head. I, and that's where it started to get a little bit conflicting. I yeah. do want to say, I do want to say, first of all, I want to say Thanks for laying that out the way that you did. Because when, when Brian, went, when, when you went to ask that question, I was having this thought in my head where I was like, we, you know what? We don't need to ask that question. 
and 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 not not to like not to knock your question or anything like that. I was having that thought because up to that point, what I was gathering from you, Claire, is that like based on what you said prior to to what you just said, was like, yeah, it was the, it was kind of not really a big deal. There was no question about it. We weren't in a place. We just were gonna do what we had to do, and it was kind of a pain in the ass, but like really, what like what else are you going to do? And I mm-hmm. think that that messaging, I think that, that that state of mind, I think that that approach to speaking about abortion is something that is not heard enough in the mass media today. I totally especially agree. Especially with the fucking bullshit that's going on south of the border. Oh my God, um, I yeah. Think, you, know, you know, and so, so like it, it, it's, it's as if it must be this emotionally draining, this fucking heart-wrenching, hard thing. Fuck all that. It doesn't have to be. It can be fucking easy. Yeah. It can be, it, it can be, it can be a nuisance. I shouldn't say it should be, it can be easy. It's probably, it's not fucking easy, but it can no, be, it, it can sucks, be, but... it can be as simple as, a, you know, a, a really fucking unfortunate pain in the ass. Totally. And that's okay. That mm-hmm. is totally okay. And it is yeah. also just as okay as what you just experienced and, or sorry, said that you experienced, which was that, and then it switched and it got fucking hard. Yeah. And that's okay too. So like, there's no, there isn't, you know, I just, I just, I want to, I want to just commend you for a laying out that there was a moment where it was like, yeah, fucking well, whatever. Like it was, that's, that's all it was because I know that there's someone out there listening to that going, fuck you. No, that's bullshit. Blah, blah, blah. Like because my experience or because I know someone or because I'm religious or whatever the fuck. And then there's the people that are out there that hear that and go, thank fucking God. Yeah. Because I was there and it wasn't a fucking big deal. And I didn't need to make it a big deal. And I don't want to have this other side of people trying to tell me that it's a fucking bigger deal than it was for me. Mm-hmm. But then again, thank you for sharing the part that actually it was a big deal because of the yeah. twin thing. And that's, that's totally okay too. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's, I don't know, like that perspective, like I, I think everyone should be allowed to have their own personal experience and it shouldn't be like, Oh, like, what do you mean? You have this baby inside of you and it's not this huge emotional thing. Like it doesn't have Mm. to be, it depends Mm. on the person. It depends on your circumstance. Um, and with the, like, I honestly went into it just with like, okay, well, there's nothing else I can do. Like, this is the path that I'm taking. So like, Mm -hmm. why, why get attached? Um, and everyone made me feel like, okay, it's, it's really not like the procedure itself, not that big of a deal. Um, so I, it, it felt like it was going to be, you know, like not, mm-hmm. not anything crazy. And it just, uh, yeah, I found out that I was having twins and that was when it got a little bit emotional. Um, but the actual <laughs> procedure and, um, so the, the doctor that, that got in touch with me was, was through this, this clinic on the mainland that uh like around Vancouver which none of my other doctors had ever heard of and they were a little bit weird about a lot of things to be honest this this doctor got in touch with me she was like okay we're gonna prescribe you these pills and we can send them to uh this pharmacy um so I'm like probably five days into maybe four days into this road trip at this point. Um, and she, the doctor had called me, 
said, okay, where do you want the pills sent? And I said, okay, Campbell River. Um, so she sent the prescription to this pharmacy in Campbell River that I had named. And um, I went to go pick them up and they weren't there. And the pharmacy had never gotten a prescription. Um, so I stayed there. I was in Campbell River for another like 24 hours, just like trying to call this doctor and like not being able to get through because the the reception people like didn't have the numbers for the doctors. And it, it was so oh, strange. Gosh. It was, it was a, a bit of a nightmare. Um, and then finally she called me like two hours before I was leaving. She's like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I forgot to put it in. I'm sending it now and I'm faxing it. So it should be quick. Um, and then <laughs> I turns out I was able to at the last minute kind of get these pills before we left. But that was a, a bit of a, it was the first red flag with, uh, yeah. with this clinic. Um, yeah. And then after that, uh, we were going to visit my mom for a couple of days in, and, and her boyfriend, um, we were staying with them at this, this little Airbnb. And, um, that was a, a weird thing too. And it, uh, got a little bit more emotional. I never, told my mom I still haven't um I I might at some point have that conversation with her but it was definitely very strange to spend that much time around her knowing like oh my god I have twins in me right now and that's literally her dream uh and if she knows anything about it it's gonna crush her heart let's um, hope she's so not a CBC fan <laughs> Yeah, well, I I should tell her at some point as well, but uh, yeah, just waiting for the right time, I guess. Um, so did you? Just, so so you got the pills, but you you were like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait, I'm gonna do the I'm gonna do this family time. Yeah, and then and then find a way, uh, you know, a, a suitable place for my partner and I to hang out yeah. while we go through this. Did they yeah, describe totally. to you like like what to expect? Um, when you took what the to pills? expect yeah. when you're aboarding? Yeah, yes, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the opposite. They they expecting. send out. I actually have open on my other uh, window this whole like what to expect, uh, when to call us if there's an issue, um, what order to take the pills in, that kind of thing. So they had a few pamphlets that they sent out with the prescription, and I felt like I'd been you know, pretty well briefed on what to expect. But the thing is, they, it doesn't really, like none of what was to be expected pertained to my experience. You know, like I was completely um, blindsided by the reality of it. And I think a lot of other women are. So they always say, um, make sure that you have access to a private bathroom and like make yourself comfortable. Make sure that you're not, um, like having to take care of your kids or something if you have children and maybe make sure that someone is nearby to literally says, um, make sure that you have someone nearby to take care of your children. Um, but like not necessarily anyone to take care of you. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it says you, you can expect some cramping and some bleeding. Um, take ibuprofen for the pain. 
as needed and that kind of thing. So I'm looking at all this being like, okay, like easy, whatever. I'll just, yeah, I'll just uh, like make sure that I have a bathroom. And I honestly did consider doing it one night, like in the Airbnb with my mom there. Uh, But just because I thought it was going to be not that big of a deal. And, but it was like, okay, it, it should take about five hours. Like, Mm, like I, I don't necessarily want to, you know, take that much of a, a risk with uh, my mom being there and, you know, this is our time. And so we kind of planned to visit with them. And then I was going to take the pills the day that we left. Like we were going to go find, uh, we had an Airbnb in Victoria and, um, yeah, had like a little private bathroom and it was uh, kind of like the the abortion palace, if you will. Yeah, just like, right, right. Yeah. And I take it that it wasn't very chill. Oh my God. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Based on the way you've been talking about it, I'm like just waiting for the, waiting for the fucking shooter drop. Yeah. So um, we, just to set it up a little bit more, the van that I was, that we were traveling in, um, we also had plans to bring it into a shop that day in Victoria and they were going to keep it overnight. So we didn't have a vehicle. Um, and we were in this Airbnb downtown Victoria. Um, we hadn't, we, we had a bunch of friends in Victoria, but we told them that we were all going to be like a, that we were going to be a day later arriving so that there wasn't any pressure to, to hang out. Cause you know, I'm doing the old, abortion thing and also didn't necessarily want to come out and tell everybody that, Hey, um, we'll just wait till tomorrow. Cause I'm having an abortion. <laughs> um, so we get to Victoria, we drop off the van, we go to this Airbnb and, um, Oh, the, the pills. So it, the, there's actually two sets of pills that you need to take. The first one is, uh, Mifeprex, I think it's called. Um, you, you're supposed to take it. I was told between seven and 24 hours before the actual exodus. Um, so I had taken that one in the morning, knowing that I was going to have this abortion in the evening. We check into this Airbnb around, I don't know, 3.30. And then I want to say like 4.30, I take the second set of pills which are called mesoprostol. Um, there are four of these teeny tiny pills. You put two each in like either cheek huh. and you wait for 30 minutes. And then after 30 what? minutes, you can like swallow what's left of the pills after they've kind of dissolved in your cheeks. So I think Whoa. that's it's something along the lines of like it, it goes into your bloodstream quicker that way. Or something. Sure. Or like, or maybe the stomach acid doesn't just like decimate yeah. it or something like that. I mean, that's yeah. what you do with nicotine pouches. Yeah. And that goes, that goes straight to your bloodstream. I know, by, I know from wild. experience. What was it like? Like, what was it like getting to the Airbnb and, and being like, okay, all right, time like, to fuck this bathroom up. Well, yeah, to be honest, it. like I, at this point, I, it's become a little bit more serious because I know that I'm there it's twins, you know, like it's, it's a Mm. little bit bigger of a deal than I had originally anticipated. Um, but at this point we're still kind of like, you know, it still just got to happen. And, 
like my partner and I are like making kind of like lighthearted jokes about the whole mm-hmm. thing. And um, yeah. Do like think, it, Sorry. Do you think the doctor told you it was twins because that's a, it's a bigger, like it's more to abort? I think, you know what? Maybe. And oh my gosh, that's another, I completely almost breezed over this part of the story. So the doctor that I was talking to through this Vancouver clinic um, she actually prescribed me two sets of these pills. Um, and she was like, oh, because it's twins, you need double the pills. Oh, wow. So I'm oh, like, wow. okay, whoa. So oh, I sure. had taken, like, you still only need the, the first pill basically just disconnects, as I understand it, disconnects the embryo from your body. Like it stops the flow of nutrients um, oh, and kind oh, of cuts shit. it off. So you now just have like this little floating zombie and then the mesoprostol, the second set of pills. And in my case, the second and third set of pills um, that basically induces labor. So Mm. you're like having shedding. Yeah. You're shedding your uterine lining and all of the, the like mild cramping that they say that you should have uh, (laughs) during this whole process is actually like, like contractions and your body pushing that stuff out, but they never, they, they don't tell you, you know, like this induces labor, which is, yeah. yeah. So they put it in different, in different terms. But I think, I think the doctor saying it's twins is just like, this is your information. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, like like, it's it's not there. It's not their right to hold it, to to withhold that from you. Mm -hmm. But I, but I mean, but I mean, regardless it, it 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 seems like twins would be a bigger process would be like a, a more you know a more um i guess probably a more aggressive feeling abortion yeah then uh, then maybe with maybe then maybe with one maybe because yeah, you're taking just, double the pills so it's yeah. just like there's twice as much sort of it's possible though but but it it also because like by when, the way I, when, I dropped out of theater school so I'm, I'm just saying when so I don't fucking know anything but when it, I, I think it really depends on the pregnancy because um, like my brother and I when we were born we were both like five pounds or whatever and so like even though there was two of us we were like potentially the same size as like one big ass baby right you know? so like yeah. so like you could have two small twins or one big baby and it's like <laughs> yeah you know basically ends up being the yeah. same size. I don't know. Yeah, these are questions that we definitely don't have answers we're stu- to. We're too stupid for any of that. Um, but <laughs> it does sound like, regardless, your job was a, was a, was a doozy. It was a, it was a big one. Um, it, was, it was a little bit, yeah. And I actually, I found out um, a little bit later on in the story that the, the idea of prescribing two sets of pills is not one that that is common or like all of the doctors that I'd spoken to after this process, they were like, what? She prescribed you two sets of pills? Like I would never, that's insane. So I, I'm not really sure what the, what the reasoning was there. Um, I, like she said, because you have twins, we'll, we'll do two sets of pills to make sure that everything's flushed out. Um, anyways, wow. uh, so I wonder if that just made it, it I, I wonder if maybe you actually just, well, it seems like the doctor seemed to think that you just needed the one set 
and maybe the maybe the two sets like intensify because it seems like you're going. What they said would happen was Ooh. was like abortion light compared to yeah, what I yeah. ha- what I experienced. But this is the thing. So I was supposed to take the the I took the first pill and then the first set of mesoprostol like exodus pills. I took those and then another seven to twenty four hours after taking that set of pills, I was set to take the third set of pills so like shit dude yeah so this was supposed to be like uh, the whole process is supposed to be able to fit within a 24-hour period um the one for me was supposed to take considerably longer you guys Um, just moved into the airbnb you're like fuck it we're gonna settle here so yeah sorry we need to we need the bathroom still (laughs) so when you take the that um the second set of pills at like 4 30 um, I'm 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 trying to imagine what it's like to to like sit there and wait for oh, this stuff to hit you. Like, what baby. was that like? Yeah. yeah. So I, um, I I kind of like I I knew that this was going to be happening, and I I kind of was just like, okay, I'm just gonna you know make myself comfortable, chill. Like I I put on some sweatpants, and I completely forgot. You know, I I'm like sitting there, had taken the pills already. They were in my cheeks. And I say to my partner, like, oh, my God, I forgot to pick up pads, which like I'm going to be bleeding. And they they tell you you can't use tampons because of the risk of infection. Um, and also there's just too much blood like you would have to change them too often. So I asked if he could go pick me up some pads and he uh, so he leaves. Um, it's maybe been five minutes since I put the pills in my cheek. Um, I was watching, I think, The Office on my iPad and I'm like, you know, waiting for something to happen. And I start like shivering and like my, like just shaking. And I'm like, okay, this is weird. And I start feeling really sick. And I honestly was just like, oh my God, I'm going to shit myself right now. So I went to the bathroom and I'm like sitting there feeling super sick and, and shivering. My legs are like bouncing up and down on the floor. Like, okay, this is weird. Um, and then I, I like had to get off of the toilet because I like threw up. So now I'm like, um, you know what? I definitely had swallowed the pills by that point before I had thrown up. So I, the pills were completely in me. Um, but the onset was, was pretty fast and like, it felt pretty aggressive, like the, the shaking and um, I had bought a thermometer cause they were like, you should know your temperature. Um, and I was taking my temperature every like 10 minutes and it just kept climbing, um, which Whoa. is not abnormal. Like they say that you should be prepared for like some nausea and like a mild fever and that kind of thing. Um, but it all came on pretty quickly. And when the cramps started, Um, like I was, I was prepared to be bleeding. Like my partner came back. He gave me some tabs. I said tabs. He gave me some pads. Um, I put a pad, uh, on and then kind of just like waiting for things to happen. And then the pain started really kind of small, uh, but it gradually built and it's just like period cramps, um, in waves and uh as i'm 
you know, waiting, like I'm still shaking. I was continuously like throwing up every 15, 20 minutes. Um, and these cramps are just kind of building. Um, and honestly, like, I, I don't remember a lot of this process. It was, uh, yeah, like really, really painful. And it got to the point I, I remember lying on the bed kind of like curled up and like, just like writhing around trying yeah. to be comfortable yeah, trying to find a position that yeah, yeah I fuck, I, I hate that feeling. It's I, awful. I, you know, I'm familiar with with that kind of pain where you're you you go into that mode of just going, I'm gonna I'm just gonna take still. shapes. I'm totally. just gonna take shapes yeah. and maybe something will stick. You know, maybe something yeah. will alleviate. I, yeah. I, so so how long when everything was said and done, what was the what was the the length of a period of time? Like how many how many hours had passed? before think, you got back to some semblance of normalcy? Oh my goodness. Um, so it wasn't quite that easy. Uh, I Before it got better, it got way worse. Are vegans actually unhealthy? Does cannabis ruin your sleep? And why are so many men taking testosterone supplements? I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And we're the creators of the popular YouTube channel, ASAP Science. Every week on our podcast, Side Note by ASAP Science, we explain the science behind a controversial subject with recent research, up-to-date studies, and ridiculous stories so you are entertained while, bam, simultaneously learning. We're here to make science make sense. Download Side Note by ASAP Science wherever you get your podcasts. And I'm like writhing around on this bed, like just moaning, um, like kind of in and out of like I was for probably an hour able to speak to my partner through it. And um, he's like, oh, is there anything I can do for you? Like he feels oh, awful. God. He put twins yeah. in me and then just is is watching this whole process unfold um and uh i think it got to the point where i was no longer able to like form sentences and i'm just like it was it was insane uh and he's like okay this is this is way more pain than then it says we should be expecting on the chart like something's got to be going mm-hmm. wrong so he calls an ambulance because we don't have a vehicle um oh, the, <laughs> the ambulance comes um he like helps me down the elevator uh and out to the ambulance and um it's just getting progressively worse this whole time like i don't honestly remember any part of the ambulance I kind of vaguely remember arriving to the hospital um but my my partner he's like the stories that he's told me bless his heart he he's exactly the type of person you want there in those situations Mm -hmm. and he's like telling the paramedics everything they need to know and um like filling in all the blanks and um I get probably comforting me uh and we were given a private room at the hospital because he says like when we rolled up uh, and they had me like in a wheelchair, everyone thought I was giving birth. Like they thought I was in labor with the the noises that I was making and the amount of pain that I was in. They were like, this bitch is scaring people and we need to put her away behind a closed door. 
Um, so we got a private room out of it, which was pretty sweet. And then immediately the nurse comes in with like, uh, not ketamine. What's the one that people over fentanyl, fentanyl. fentanyl. Yeah. yeah. They gave me like yeah. two doses of fentanyl, like straight up the nose. And then, uh, just oh, wow. dosed me with, with morphine, um, via IV once they could actually get a, an IV in me. <laughs> um, yeah. And then from there it was Holy just, fuck. yeah, like pain medication kind of helping the majority of it move through. And this, the whole time, like the time from the time that I'd taken the pills to the time that I was in the hospital and probably until an hour into the hospital visit, I had not passed anything like my, oh my God. it was, oh, wow. which is not completely normal as I understand it. Um, and it took probably four hours after I took the pill to past the first like clot. Um, and the, the doctors, they did another ultrasound and they're like, yeah, like it looks like everything's kind of happening. Um, it's, it's just taking a while for those clots to get through. And the doctors told me that the reason why it was so painful and it was taking so long is literally just the shape of my cervix being so long and narrow. And so anything passing through there is going to oh be absurdly painful, um, oh which explains the period cramps that I've been having for like the majority of my life. And this is so fun. One of the doctors was also like, so talking about birth control now, I wouldn't recommend an IUD. And I'm like, oh my, oh my God. God, that's so funny. I had one and it was awful. Why wouldn't you recommend it? And he's like, well, typically women with your shape of cervix don't do well with the uh, implants. Wow. So I was Holy like, wow, shit. answers. Uh, but no one had told me anything about this before or the shape of my cervix or, uh, anything I mean, like that. Christ, so, you, you would think that this, like, you would think that if they had that answer where they went, well, the reason why this was such a fucking shit show of, uh, an abortion with you taking those pills is because of the shape of your cervix. And yeah. we know this because science. <laughs> and yeah. so it's wild to me that like someone who calls a doctor to go, hey, I need to have an abortion. Can you hook me up with these pills? And they go, yes, of course, because that's what we do here. That there's not a, a sort of, at least a question of like, do you know the shape of your cervix? Or like, yes. have you ever had your cervix looked at? Because, um, because if it's the shape that you have, then... Maybe there's a different option or yada, yada, Yeah, whatever. maybe like, we'll give you some like T3s instead of prescribing Advil. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. I have the sickest idea. Fuck. We should make a device that is like an Insta360 camera that you stick up and it basically just like 3D maps the inside of your your cervix. And then... <laughs> Dude, and LiDAR, then, LiDAR. Yeah, and then yeah. connects to an app that like tells you information about you your the, cervix you put, based you on the... You can do it on your size. iPhone. You put the iPhone You know, it's in? crazy. They yeah. literally iPhone have those it. though. Yeah. Wait, but why don't they use them? <laughs> they do. That's what but an are they, but are they, is. But are they sick boy branded? But can you do them, but can yeah, you do them at what, home? But can you do internal, them at home? That's what an internal uh, But can is. you do them at home? I don't think so. Exactly. Well, I mean, if you're, if you are, if you sell medical Business. equipment, you, probably, you might be able to. Well, guys, guess what? If you're listening to this right now, then you want to make a 360 bank? camera, lie there, yeah. you know, a phone app. We'll make it. We can make it. We could make that easy. Player, that is a um, that is a, I mean that's a harrowing experience for sure. 
and I'm, I, you know, like I, I think I think it's really. I, I, I want to say I'm I'm very glad that you shared that experience because again, um, I feel like there's a lot of folks out there who don't get that side of things, and like mm-hmm. even to yourself, like the people that you spoke to prior to, I was everything not that prepared. you heard was yeah, you weren't prepared, yeah. and and so. And, you know, not that this should be something that should scare anybody off who's like, I need to have an abortion, but I, you know, I don't want to now because Claire, because Claire had such a bad time. It, but <laughs> it's good to know at least that, like, it, it can be a really physically fucking challenging experience. Um, totally. And they don't was, always work is the other right, thing. Right. What yeah. do you, wait, um, what do you mean by that? They don't always work. So, uh, I took these pills. Uh, I once the pain kind of went down and I passed the majority of the the clots. They sent me home from the hospital. Um, I they're like, okay, expect bleeding for the next like week and a half. Uh, don't have sex or insert anything for two weeks, and then like you should be fine. Bleeding should stop. Pain should subside. Everything like that. If you have any issues, contact your doctor. So. Um, I didn't really stop bleeding. Like I kind of kept mildly bleeding for three weeks after this abortion. And Mm. after two weeks, I started having sex again. um, Like they said, you can, but there was always pain uh, when I was, when we were doing that. So um, like it's three weeks later, I'm getting a little bit concerned. And now we're back home in Smithers but about to leave for the actual bush season um, during which I will be completely remote and unable to deal with these kind of things. So I'm still bleeding a little bit and I'm having pain. So I'm like, okay, something's not quite right. I call this clinic again. Uh, They get me in touch with this doctor and she's like, oh goodness, like we should really get you an ultrasound to make sure that everything's okay. So I they schedule an ultrasound for me on the day that I'm the day before we leave Smithers to go into the bush at 11 a.m. Um, later that night, I was going to, you know, move out of my whole house and do a little walkthrough with our landlord and pack up into our trailer to leave. Uh, so 11 a.m., I go to have this ultrasound and the uh i explain a little bit of my situation and my my timeline to the technician who while she's doing the whole proby thing is like you know what uh maybe stick around afterwards uh and i'll have a doctor come talk to you so i'm like oh god uh oh, fuck. and they they have uh they have a doctor come and she's like okay so basically you still have uh, like fetal or like embryonic matter inside of you. And that's why you're still bleeding because your body is trying to flush all of it out. But it's been so long that like you're starting to develop an infection. And if it persists, you will go septic. So I'm like, what? I'm about to leave for this really remote job tomorrow morning what do I do? And she's like, oh, well, I think you just can't. And I'm like, beside myself at this point, there's, I've just hired 18 people who I'm going to be the boss leading. Of. Yeah, totally. Like I can't just let everybody down and not 
like, I can't be late for this. I, so I'm, uh, she sends me to the ER and I'm like on the phone with my partner crying, like, Oh my God, they're saying I can't go to the bush. And like, I need to have a surgery before we leave. And, um, and he's like frantically packing up our entire house by himself, which I feel so bad about. Um, but, uh, I go to the ER and I kind of explain the situation to the, uh, I don't know, the person who was at the desk there. Um, and they're like, okay, what I need you to do is go back out into the hallway, sit in, in this hallway on that row of chairs. Um, I will have someone come meet you. And so there's all of these people sitting in the emergency room waiting. Um, I go out into the hallway and like 10 minutes later, a doctor comes to meet me in the hallway and he's like talking in a hushed voice, like I'm not supposed to be here. Um, but they're like, so you need to have surgery before, like you cannot go into the bush this way. Um, you need to have surgery. Come with me right now. Let's get you some blood work and we'll we'll draw up a plan. So I went and got some blood work, lickety split. And then they literally pulled this surgeon off of the, the street. She was like going for a run with her friends. And she came in in her like running shoes and jogging pants um, to meet me in this in this little room and she's like, hi, I'm Dr. Smith, uh, which actually was her name. It's not just like a random, <laughs> uh, thanks Dr. Smith. <laughs> My name um, is Jane Smith. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, but she meets me just off of the street and she's like, I'm going to be handling your, your surgery. Like what would be a good time for you to have this surgery? We can do it this evening. And I'm like, what this, shit. this is this is insane like i've never had this kind of experience with the canadian healthcare system um and it just felt i was so overwhelmed with how lovely and how lovely everyone was and how quickly everything happened we scheduled a surgery for 9 p.m um which is called a, a dnc a, a dilation and curatage which is the other type of abortion uh with the whole mm. The gotcha. scraping and that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. So, oh, so you had to do both. The OG. Yeah, had to do both types of abortion. Um, and yeah, so I planned the the surgery. Like we picked a time. I went back to my place, helped my partner with the last like two hours of move out, did our little walkthrough with our landlord, and then immediately after he <laughs> oh drives me back to the hospital. <laughs> um, I get geared up to, you know, they they put me under and um, do the whole, uh, DNC, the, the, the OG abortion. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then, going into that, are you like, you like expecting that like they've, so they've like expedited this whole thing and like, they've told you, listen, like you, you'll still be able to go into the bush. We just really have to do this surgery tonight. And then everything at this point should be okay for you to go at least. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, they said like, don't, it, I think it was the same type of thing. Like don't, uh, jumping jacks. Yeah. Like don't, uh, it, it wasn't necessarily anything to do with, um, level of activity, but I think it was just like, don't insert anything like, and don't have sex yeah. for like two weeks. So I, yeah, would just refrain from, from that kind of thing, but we're going, yeah, the, the next day leaving to go, 
all the way down south to Kamloops and start planting. And at this point, I'm like, I'm gearing up to be a planter, like hard physical labor for five Mm. days before the actual season starts. Um, So yeah, it was basically, they, they did the abortion and slept and then left bright and early the next morning was in a car for 10 hours and then planted for the next. God damn. I feel like the, I feel like the one of like the issue with like, with like so many parts of your story and parts of like lots of people's stories is when they get medical information, whether it's like from a pharmacist or from a doctor, or if it's like on instructions with your pills or whatever, it's that the, what you should expect is always based on an average Mm. and averages are derived from screening a whole bunch of people. And the, and there's always people on either end of a spectrum that, that creates an average. And so like if, you know, if they print it on paper, well, whatever you can fucking write it. But especially if you're talking to a human being, maybe just having more Mm. of a, of like a, here's what you can expect. Although Sometimes. This, for is, this. this yeah, is this yeah. is based on this and in mm. that study group that this is based on there's people that have this which like you know if it, two weeks go by some people didn't some people still are clotting and they needed to go get uh, a dnc mm-hmm. like, yeah. like having that so that you go this is what most people what happens with most people but also you know Be here's prepared. what you could kind of expect on the margins I- I, mm-hmm. I do want to, I know, I know that we're, we're getting a little bit low on time and, but I do want to make a bit of time to talk about the um, emotional side of things because we've, we've talked a lot about like the process for you physically and, and what you went through. Um, but I'm curious like how that, because the last time we sort of checked in on the emotional side of things, it was when you were sort of like starting to feel a little bit different. Um, when you, when, you know, when the doctor told you that it was, it was twins. So I'm curious, like as the situation unfolded like that's that's a lot of that's a huge fucking thing to go through and like those, yeah, those two sucked. or three weeks and like <laughs> like what like what 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 was that like like what was that emotional toll of that yeah um it definitely I feel like it was for sure the turning point finding out that I was having twins and then from there it definitely got a little bit more emotional um I found myself thinking about it all the time. Um, and I still do, I'd be lying if I said that I was, Mm. you know, over the whole experience. Um, it felt really, I I don't like something flipped inside of me. And I was just like, I have, I have twins in me right now. Like this is, this Mm. is crazy. I looked at my partner differently. I looked at myself differently. I looked at the whole situation and I was almost mourning the fact that I had this, thing that I needed to let go of. Um, even though I'd not wanted them in the first place, you know, like Mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. it switched a little bit and, uh, there was, it was definitely really emotional. I remember my, my partner got me, um, I w I had a little bit of a a cry one day about it. I was just like, this sucks. Like, like, look at us. Like, wouldn't we just have the cutest twins? Like, I bet they're so adorable in there. And he got me this little card that was like, you're doing great, sweetie. He's like, I love you. Keep, keep going. <laughs> um, so he was really supportive uh, the whole time. And I really, I don't know what I would have done if he was not um, there the with me the whole time. 
what what is it what is it like like going back to having sex afterwards and like and like talking like what did you have any conversations about um you know like contraception and the way that things would like did did things change um yeah like we there was no longer uh any sort of I, I like when when it initially happened it it was right after my period um when I got when I got pregnant initially um and my thought was um, you know, I'm, I'm still kind of like, I'm right at the tail end of my period. Like I can't possibly get pregnant right now. So mm-hmm. it's probably fine. Um, we don't do that anymore. If ever there's a slip up, it's like, okay, plan B right now. <laughs> um, we use a lot of condoms. Uh, we're, we're really careful. I'm still, I'm definitely on the lookout for a, a form of contraception. Now that I'm, I just got out of the bush again, uh, like, in August. So I'm kind of on the lookout now that I've got some more time to get on a form of birth control and that works mm. for me. But have you ever, have you ever, um, have you ever looked into the fertility method? Yeah. Like keeping track of, uh, cycles yeah. and that, that's, that's what I mainly do. And yeah. we, we do that and we'll use condoms for, uh, yeah. And he, mm. yeah, we're, we're careful in, in those ways. Um, we used to be a little bit more chillaxed, like, you know, relying on that method. Um, but it happened at a time when we shouldn't have been able to get pregnant, you know, like Mm -hmm. in my cycle. So now there's no question of, you know, like, even if it's happened at a time where I shouldn't be getting pregnant, like we'll still take plan B because, you know, it's not a, it's not a hundred percent. It's happened before. So yeah, mm-hmm. he's got stronger sperm than I do. Matt, <laughs> <laughs> sure. dude's genes are insane. <laughs> um, I, I, Claire, I want to say again. I just want to, you know, I said it earlier, but I'll say it again. I think it takes it takes a lot of courage to uh, to hop on a platform and share something that is so uh, so. Taboo. You know, like, like a, well, yeah, sure. Taboo, but also like, so emotionally, it, it's an emotionally raw thing to do to, to stand up in front of, you know, uh, even though for you right now, it's just three of us, like, you know, you're, you're projecting the story out to thousands and thousands of people. And, and it's a story that is, is very valuable and very important to hear. Um, I think and, so too. And, and I, I really think that not a lot of women like I part of me honestly felt a little bit betrayed when I had this experience knowing that the women that I had spoken to had you know like I through talking about this have learned that so many more of my friends have actually gone through similar things but just didn't have the the courage or the voice to to speak up about it because it's such a a taboo Mm -hmm. difficult thing to talk about Mm -hmm. um but I I really believe that if we you know, create more of a conversation around these kind of things, then the the best thing that we can possibly do is just make the conversation more accessible. And uh, yeah, and, and people will feel more supported through that. Maybe I wouldn't have been so blindsided by this if I knew that more of my friends had gone through the same thing. Mm, totally, yeah. 
Well, Claire, thank you for that. It really does mean the world to us. And uh, this has been this has been a real treat. So thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to chat with us. Thanks so much for having me. Well, there you go, folks. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. As always, we are coming at you Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And if you are a fan of the podcast and you want to support the podcast, there's a number of ways you can do that. First of all, you can leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. We love reading them. You can simply rate the podcast on the Spotify mobile app, if that's where you're listening. Or if you want to join the conversation, hop on over to our Discord. The link is in the show notes of this episode. And uh, we have a lovely little community over there of sickos and non-sickos all hanging out, chatting. And uh, hey, you could even help produce the podcast over there if you want. You can, again, find that link in the show notes below. Sick Boy Podcast is produced and co-hosted by myself, Jeremy Saunders, Taylor McGilvery, and Brian Stever. The show is managed by Jeffrey Lonis over at Talent Bureau. The sound design of this episode is brought to you by Donovan the CPAP Morgan. And of course, the theme music is from the band Take Part. That is it for this week. I'm Jeremy, and this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.